Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to a new episode of Muslima Podcast. I'm Asma, your host, and today on the podcast I have Mariam Aslam. Mariam, Aslam alaikum. Waikosalam, Asma, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good, alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. Always happy to have you. I met Mariam a few weeks ago on the Costa Rica trip. We both went on a sister's retreat with Gullum Institute. They do sister's retreats every few months. And subhanAllah, it was so amazing to meet her and the rest of the girls on the trip. It was truly just a beautiful week of sisterhood and friendship. And we both realized that we have a lot of shared interests, including both of us having a podcast. And we thought it would be amazing to do um, a collab episode. So here it is. And if you are a sister from our trip listening, assalamu alaikum. We are so happy to have you as well. I had a really great time on the trip and we wanted to talk more about, you know, we had a lot of great discussions on the trip, a lot of reflections. We wanted to talk more about sisterhood and feminine energy and just going into this new year, 2024, what our goals are. Um, and what our aspirations are for being Muslim women in this society. So, Mariam, I'll just have you introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit more about you. Okay, awesome. So, my name is Mariam, um, as you've heard. Um, I have a podcast called Resilient Muslim Podcast, and I've been doing that for the past couple of months, or I guess a few months. And, you know, when I went on this trip, part of being resilient was getting out of my comfort zone and going into a trip that I had. I didn't know anybody on the trip except for the Ustada, um, Ustada Fatima. She was the leader of the group and she was the only person that I knew because um, I had met her and I'd taken a couple of her classes and stuff. But other than that, I didn't know anybody on the trip. And so it was really out of my comfort zone and just seeing so many Muslim women and seeing um, everyone come together and everyone had such different backgrounds. Um, and subhanAllah, it was like we all we all really clicked with each other. And even just meeting Asma and seeing that, you know, she had a podcast and I had a podcast. We were like, this is subhanAllah, it's so amazing to meet fellow Muslim women who are also doing, you know, amazing work and trying to help other Muslim women. I think that's the reason why we even start these podcasts is so we can help others, obviously help ourselves first and then help others. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great trip. I'm so excited that I was able to go. And I highly recommend it to everyone, even if you are extremely scared and you think it is out of your comfort zone. I think you should definitely go because you will be surprised how amazing sisterhood really is. So, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing, Mariam. I think we'll kind of start off by talking about the trip in a little bit more detail. You know, we it was, yeah. you know, seven days long and we went all around the country of Costa Rica, which is a relatively small country. We went to a lot of the main sites. We stayed at different hotels. I believe we like switched hotels like five times. So it was definitely yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of moving around. And, you know, every night we would have like a reflection and a little like halakha with the ustadas. The ustadas kind of um, alternated every night. So it was really great to hear from like Ustada Fatima, Ustada Khadija um, every single night. And we really just got to know each other. Um, so, yeah, Mariam, I guess we can start off with your, you know, overall reflection of the trip and what you learned and what you gained from, you know, being with all of us for one week. Yeah. So um, I guess... When I had first went on the trip, I wasn't sure what to expect. And I was a little bit nervous because I wasn't sure like who was going to be on the trip, like what kind of people are going to be on it, because we didn't get too much of a heads up of like what to expect on the trip, which was yeah. <laughs> in a way really good because it was like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. 
Um, so it was actually really fun in that sense. And, you know, I learned a lot. I think the biggest thing that I was learning was that there's so many different people. And, you know, when you live in this bubble, I feel like I have lived in a bubble for, for a long time where I didn't know how many different people were out there. It was like, you know, you grow up in a certain city and you just kind of stay in that group of people and you just see the same people. And so getting out of my comfort zone and seeing that there's so many different people and everyone has a story. Like that is one thing that I um, really, really saw. And I think that's why when Esma told me that in her podcast, she interviews people. I thought that was such a great idea because in my podcast, I don't interview people. I have done it just myself. Um, and it is, it is mainly because it's about like, um, it's about personal development, Islam, and just resilience and getting through and also a little bit of psychology as well and like the, how the brain works. And so um, as I was going through the trip, a lot of my mind was like trying to find that connection. It was like, okay, where can I connect Islam, psychology, personal development and merge it with this sisterhood? So it was like my brain was like wired for that. And so just seeing everyone talk about their stories, it was like I kept trying to make that connection. And then that's what I was seeing is that it's so important to talk to other people and learn about their life stories because everyone's going through something so big in their life. And a lot of people don't talk about it, right? We don't, we don't really get the chance to talk about what we're going through. And so I think that was the biggest thing I learned from the trip was just everyone's going through something. And if you just take the time to get to know people and put yourself in those positions to talk to people, you will learn so much. And I feel like that increases your iman so much because, you know, we're, we're creatures of, of, connection right like we want we need to be in environments where there are communities where there are people around you and if you don't have if you stay in your seclusion if you stay in your bubble you don't get that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you get when you hear about other people's struggles and what they're going through and how they found faith so a lot of my questions to talking to people on the trip was you know why they chose to come on a like a islamic retreat like there's so many retreats out there why did you pick a muslim retreat and just hearing everyone's different stories of how they are trying to connect to their faith. I think it brought me closer to my faith. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing, Mariam. And, you know, bouncing off what you were saying, I think it was so fun that we had like a bus that we were going on and it was like, you know, exactly the right amount of seats for the amount of girls that we had. And like every time I got on the bus, I was like, who am I going to sit next to today? And it was so fun to like talk to someone new every single time and really hear their story, you know? So, you know, yeah. I think a lot of those conversations were just so, so impactful. Yeah. So <laughs> moving on to my reflection of the trip. Thank you, Mariam, again for sharing. I definitely had an amazing time these seven days. And just to start off, I actually almost didn't come. I almost canceled. And I'm so, so glad I didn't. The reason that I canceled is, almost canceled, sorry, is because um, the week before I was, um, you know, with my family and unfortunately my sister who was traveling with me on this retreat. So I didn't come on this retreat alone. I came with my younger sister. If you know me personally, you know that we're like almost inseparable. We go, we do everything together. So we were going on this Costa Rica trip together. But a few days before the Costa Rica trip, my sister hurt herself really badly. Alhamdulillah, she's doing a lot better now. But she was really at a point where she was having trouble walking, having trouble being mobile, you know. And the itinerary of this trip came out and it was like 
zip lining, whitewater rafting, like all these things. (laughs) We're going on a two mile hike, like all these things. And me, my mom, my dad, my sister were like all so concerned. And at the end of the day, we called the Ostada. We asked her and she was like, do not worry at all. We are a community of sisters. We are going to support her in every way we can. We're going to make sure she doesn't overexert herself. And we have an alternate activity that she can do each and every single time instead of the main activity that everyone's doing. So Alhamdulillah, we ended up going and Honestly, like the amount of love and support from all of the girls, including you, Mariam, for Sada and like how she was feeling and like always asking her how she was like, I didn't even really check. I was checking on her, but like everyone was checking on her. And that just made me feel so, so comfortable. And mind you, like these are all random people. Like we just met each other and everyone is like, <laughs> Sada, did you take your pain medication? Because she yeah, was like, that was a running joke that we had. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone made sure that she took her medicine. Exactly. Because she was not taking it. She kept forgetting. So, you know, all this, like this beautiful sisterhood was just like amazing. And I think that sometimes in our regular lives, when like we go to school, we go to work, we go to parties, you know, we're both, you know, desi, we go to dawats, we go to weddings, like all these things. Those are great. And those are a form of connection. But I do feel that the conversations revolve around more superficial stuff. And it's more about things on the surface. And we don't really get to know people's deep stories because that's not a place where people feel comfortable sharing. But by the, the time we got to like day three, day four of this trip, I really felt like people were opening up and just talking about their lives and like their struggles and you know, their perspectives. And and we had a wide variety of ages on this trip. We had people who were much older, people who were much younger, people who were married, people who were unmarried, people who had kids, people who didn't have kids. You know, it was, we even had like a mother-daughter duo. We had a mother who came without her kids. Everybody needed something different from this trip. Like, for example, the mother who came without her kids was like, you know, I really wanted some space. I wanted a break, etc. And then the mother and daughter who came, they really wanted a time to connect with each other. You know, they they use the the retreat as a time of connection. So it really just depended on the intentions that you came in with. And alhamdulillah, I feel like everyone really, you know, got what, what they came for. Everyone got that connection. Everyone got that sense of peace, that sense of like, like just stepping away from the stress of your normal life. Um, for me, like law school is very strenuous, as I've ranted about on previous episodes. So it was really nice to be like, you know, in a beautiful place. Okay, we didn't even talk about how beautiful Costa Rica is. Like, oh my gosh, it was so <laughs> beautiful. Yes, it was gorgeous. Like we would literally just drive by and there's like a volcano and like everyone's trying to snap pictures of it. And we're the bus is moving so fast. And like, the mountains and the waterfalls and it was just like that like natural beauty was just astounding like it was just beautiful it was breathtaking and like we really reflected on that a lot in our our nightly reflections about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created so much beauty in this world and sometimes we ignore it and sometimes we actually actively destroy it like hashtag climate change so we really need to like be more mindful of that and and it really reminded me that like I need to go outside more often especially like in the winter I very much like hole up I live in the northeast but i really need to like embrace that more often because it makes me happy to be outside and be in nature and i really was reminded of that on the trip um it was a lot of walking it was a lot of climbing we were definitely it was rainy some days it wasn't always easy that's not what i'm saying but you know it was just such a beautiful experience to just um be amongst nature and like we saw like 80 million different types of birds and we saw monkeys and like (laughs) It was just really cool to see like all that biodiversity too. And they like came up close to you. They were not afraid. They they walked yeah. right up to the humans and they said hello. Like it was it was not there wasn't always a barrier. Like in America, you're when you see an animal, there's always a cage, there's always a, a sheet of glass. Like there wasn't always when we're on that like reservation, that national park, 
it was like they were just right in your face like you know um do you yeah. remember when the monkey like tried to steal like someone's soda that's what group? i was thinking yeah. about there you can like, tell oh, that story there's yeah. a face-off between one of our one of our friends and a monkey like we have video proof we have picture proof <laughs> of a face-off between asma the other asma the other asma asma <laughs> and the monkey and it was over it was a drink of it was like soda or something or it was like they're fighting over soda yeah and the other asma shout out to her she literally grabbed the can of soda from the monkey and the monkey made this like screeching noise at her it was crazy <laughs> it was crazy so a lot of like very memorable moments like a lot a little bit of crazy but like a lot of reflection and a lot of love so yeah and we just decided to like come together and just talk about how important sisterhood is because i think oftentimes you know as young women also like a focus is put on us to like just quickly like get married at least in in my culture I definitely feel that way and that part of your life is super important do not get me wrong and you know I've done episodes on 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 that as well but I think in the mix I think the importance of sisterhood sometimes gets lost and having a tribe of sisters to support you and love you and like you know, hear you out and talk you through things and just having like a girl squad um, is super, super important for your mental health and super important for your faith too. Because when you're struggling, yes, you can talk to, you know, your husband if you have one, whatever, but it's also important to have sisters to talk to, whether it's your sisters, your cousins, your friends, people at the masjid, people on this retreat, like you can find those sisters anywhere. They can really be anyone. And it doesn't have to be someone your age. Like I said, like we were connecting with people of all ages, of all like status. So I think I just learned that that is so important. Um, and I think it's especially important to have Muslim sisters. You know, I think a lot of us, we, we have non-Muslim friends, which is it has benefits of its own. But I think connecting on like that Islamic level is just so, so beautiful. And I think the last thing that I'll say about the trip and, and Mariam, feel free to add anything. Um, is that after we finished the trip, a few of us girls decided to sign up for Ustada Fatima's class that she does weekly. It was starting right after the trip ended. And like we all were like texting about it and we decided, a few of us decided to do the class together, which is just so beautiful because um, we would have never done that if we had never met each other. And we encouraged each other to take the class. Like that's what Muslim yeah. sisterhood is about, like encouraging each other to learn and to reflect. And so Ustada Fatima's class has been great so far. You're, you're in it, Mar- Mariam, right? Yeah, I'm in it too, yep. Yeah, and Mariam, you know, she has the privilege of going in person. <laughs> oh yeah, I do, I do. I live in Dallas, so you know, we have that, we have that awesomeness yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly so a few of the girls who are in dallas they're going in person i'm virtual unfortunately but i still really love being in the class and knowing that my sisters are there with me like it's amazing like just we all encourage each other to do that good deed and like you literally get reward for encouraging other people to learn and to be good muslims so like i think that that was just a beautiful ending to the class and it's a way for us to stay connected too so i think you know overall was a lovely trip and i think you know, because it was a smaller group, we all like got to connect. But even if you do travel with a bigger group, it's still like an amazing experience. I would definitely, we are not affiliated with Gollum, by the way. (laughs) We're not. (laughs) No. (laughs) Let me just say, we're not affiliated with Gollum, but we really recommend their trips, um, especially their sister's trips. I haven't been on any of their other trips so far. Have you been on their Umrah or anything? I haven't. This was actually my first trip with them as well. Okay, yeah. So we both just, this was our first trip and it was really amazing. I would definitely recommend. And overall, just like, you know, 
if you are listening, um, you know, just try to find that sisterhood in your life. I know it's hard and I know social media almost puts like this wedge in all of our relationships, like this like level of awkwardness and this level of weirdness. But try to find that sisterhood in your life and and take a second and think like, where can I find that? Um, and, And there's millions of opportunities. And if you feel like you know, lonely or like, oh, like alone in your struggles, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you find that sisterhood and, and make dua for that. Make dua for that in Ramadan. Ramadan is coming up. Inshallah, he will give you an avenue for that sisterhood. So yeah, I guess that's all that I have to say about the trip. Mariam, do you have anything else to add? I guess one last thing that I wanted to add in this because of um, what you were saying, I was really resonating with that, which was, you know, finding that sisterhood. Um, and I think the thing that I would mention is that if you are Someone who was like me, where I was like, I, alhamdulillah, I've grown up with in a Muslim community. I've grown up in Dallas, born and raised, never left, um, except for obviously travel. But um, I've lived here my entire life and I have made such amazing friends, alhamdulillah. But I will say that once you get to a certain age where you start your corporate job, if like, you know, if you're someone who is in the corporate field or if you're, or any, honestly, any type of job outside of college, like if you're no longer in college, you will find that you struggle to, you know, make time for people that you love, care about. You know, you have enough, you just have that amount of time for like family. And then sometimes you'll have time for friends, but, um, and then, you know, getting close to new people is really difficult because you don't have that much time with them, right? Like just meeting someone at the masjid, being salam, and then you have that, yeah, you have that connection. Maybe you go for some coffee dates and you make that, that friendship, but going on a retreat like this and having like seven full days with the same people, (laughs) it, it, it like basically like it skyrockets, like what your, like your friendship, like. It was the second day. Everyone knew each other's name. We were all already taking pictures together, like making jokes, like jokes about each other that like you would not have known about the other person unless you like lived with them. And it was like, I think it really made us live with each other, right? Like the entire retreat, every morning we'd wake up for breakfast together. We'd all go to the same spot. We'd all eat together. We'd have dinner together. We'd be in the bus together. It was like 24 seven, you were with people. And the friendships that I feel like I made in those seven days, I think it takes years to make that friendship with other people like you that you don't get to see as often you know it was like seven continuous days and so I think the friendships that we made on that trip are I honestly believe our lifetime like I don't think that we will ever stop hanging out like we already we have a group chat where we're just like talking about like talking on it like every day we're taking classes together I'm hoping everyone comes for Mavish's graduation one of our <laughs> friends is graduating from med school so Mashallah. I'm hoping we all get to meet then inshallah so yeah I think the the biggest thing is that if you're feeling like you're lacking sisterhood and you feel like it's difficult to make friends, I would personally suggest a retreat like this just because it really does fast forward friendship. Like it makes it really easy to um, find lifetime friends in such a short period of time. At least that was my experience. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just because we had an awesome group of people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was amazing. Mashallah. And I, it's funny because I told my sister Sada, I've been on like a few of these Muslim like trips before. And I told Sada, I said, I love going on these trips and I keep going on them because they attract high quality people. And she was like, okay, whatever. But then in the last day of reflection, she shared that with everyone. And she was like, I really think what my sister said was true. Like you guys are all so high quality, mashallah. Like obviously the trips come with a level of like, you know, financial independence. Like you, it, it does, you know, have a cost, you know? And I will say that we are both very privileged. Everyone on the trip was very privileged to be able to pay for the trip. Do not get me wrong. That's a part of it. But I yeah. do think that these trips attract um, Muslims who are dedicated to their faith, who are dedicated to their identity, who are dedicated to sisterhood in this case, because this was a sister's only trip. So I, I think that, yes, I think that lifelong friendship 
friendship is so so important and it's hard to find sometimes and I do really pray that like we continue to be sisters and we continue to communicate with each other even though we're like all across the country um and I think I think yeah you're right sometimes it takes years of friendship to get to that so we were also like basically trapped with each other like we we didn't (laughs) we didn't have a choice like we had to be friends like why wouldn't we be you know (laughs) so alhamdulillah it was a really beautiful trip and I, I hope that I get to go on one again I would really would love to um in 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 upcoming years whether it's with Gullam or another group and you know the second part of our episode really actually grew out of a conversation that me and Mariam had on the bus which is so interesting and (laughs) and so beautiful in itself and we weren't even sitting together so I was sitting in front of her and she was sitting behind me but we were both on the inside seat so we can't even see each other we're both talking (laughs) through like the little crack and we're just having this whole conversation about like sometimes how we feel like it's hard to be a woman in today's society a muslim woman specifically and it's just interesting because i think we all face that struggle in different ways but a lot of us do feel it um and and i'll kind of go into how i feel that in my own way and then mariam will also share her own experience I think that, you know, over the course of my life, I've gone to like a lot of lectures and listened to a lot of podcasts and just heard from so many sheikhs um, and, and ustadas, like women and men, about being a woman in Islam. And, you know, especially looking up to the example of women in Islam from our history, like, for example, Khadija and all of the prophets' wives, um, may Allah reward them for just being like stellar, amazing women, you know, Fir'aun's wife, Asiya, like all these beautiful women, like, you know, Ibrahim alayhi salam's wives. Like, I've just heard so many beautiful stories and you should really look into these stories if you have not heard them. Like, I can definitely give some recommendations for podcasts to listen to on, on these beautiful women. They just have a, a like, amazing example of how to be a servant of God and be a woman at the same time and I have been listening to all of these examples my whole life and really my goal is to be a reflection of these women even like um Asma like my namesake she was so brave and she was such a warrior and she was so amazing and I really like try to live up to her example she was the woman of two swords and like I just find that to be inspirational in my daily life so then on the other side, I'm in this career. Um, I'm in law school, inshallah, going to be a lawyer in 2025. Make dua for me. Inshallah, um, inshallah. Inshallah, And I'm finding this world to be very different from the universe that I'm in from an Islamic perspective. You know, law school obviously is super secular. But the, the part that I'm really struggling with is that it's still a very male-dominated field. Um, the people in my school, it's 50-50, 50% women, 50% men. But when you go out into the firms, when you go out into, you know, trial, it's still majority men right now. And, you know, I just watched a trial the other day and every attorney was a man. The, the judge was a female, but every single attorney was a white man. And I was just like, this is how my career is. And because it's like that, you're almost like rewarded for acting like a man, for having a masculine energy, for having a masculine way of talking, for having a masculine way of acting and actually being feminine is seen as a weakness it's seen as like oh well they can't handle it they can't work 12 hours a day and just like you know sleep and come back the next day that's a problem the year i'm gonna fire you you know like and and really women are not made to work 12 hours a day and sleep for six hours and go back to work that's not what we're made for and I mean, I was just talking to Mariam about this before we started the episode. Like, we need more sleep. We need more rest biologically. Like, that, there's no argument about that. So 
I'm just finding it hard because I find myself falling into that masculine way of acting when I'm at work, when I'm in school, because I want to be aggressive and I want what I, I want to have a good career. Don't get me wrong. Like I want to have a good job. I want to be liked at my job. Like every person wants that. I think like I want to make a living for myself. You know, I want to be financially stable and we're going to talk about that later. I want to be financially stable on my own. So I think there's just this really like war in my mind that happens sometimes because I want to embrace my feminine side, but I have a hard time doing that when I'm in uh, a space that's, you know, for law students or, or for future lawyers, because being masculine is rewarded and being feminine is looked down upon. Even the clothes, like all, everyone wears a pantsuit, you know, just looking at something so simple as that. Whether you're a woman or a man, you're wearing a pantsuit. And I, struggle with that like I really would love to wear a skirt or a dress every once in a while but I'm too scared so like that part is also like I want to you know be modest I want to wear a skirt or a dress and and I'm having a hard time thinking about how I'm even going to incorporate that in a way that's appropriate so Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I really have a complete solution to this you know but I do want to say that like one of my goals for the new year is to embrace this feminine energy more and to reward myself for embracing it instead of pushing it down all the time. Because it's not healthy for me to push down my feminine side because I am a woman, you know. So I think that's one of my goals for 2024. Like hence this episode is that I want to embrace this feminine side, um, like take rest when I need it. Like, like OK, another example of, of being a girl, like you get your period, right? You know, most of us, we, we get our period. And it knocks you out for like a solid five to seven days. You're, and this is all biological again. You're tired. You're exhausted. Like you're sore. Like obviously symptoms are different for everyone. But for me, I'm completely exhausted. And, you know, before I would just push through. I'd be like, no, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just going to pretend like it's a normal week. And now going into this new year, I'm like, no, it's not a normal week. I am a little bit out of commission. I am going to sleep extra. I am going to you know, take rest when I need it. I'm still going to like fulfill my duties. I'm still going to do my homework, but like I'm going to structure my day so that I get more rest. Like I need that. And like, that's part of, you know, being a woman, that's part of my body. It's not a shameful thing. It's actually a beautiful thing to be able to like, you know, reproduce and all those things. Like it's a beautiful system Allah has created. So I should reward myself and just take care of my body and take care of who I am and, and just overall self care. Another one of my goals is just to really like focus on taking care of my body and my mind because I think that I've neglected that because again, like the the manliness, you know, it, it encourages neglect of your body, you know? So I think like just, you know, taking more time to like work out when I want to, whether it's a low impact or high impact workout, whatever I'm feeling that day, or just like taking time to be still, taking time to have friends over, taking time to just like like embrace my emotions, like cry when I need to, like be upset when I need to instead of pushing it all down. So yeah, that's just like my summary. It's my goal. Like I said, it's not like a perfect solution. And I am going to like try to be more feminine, especially in the workspace too, when I can be and, you know, acknowledge when I need space, when I need rest. Um, but it's a, it's an uphill battle. So I feel like I mm-hmm. talked a lot. We can go over to Mariam now. And, and I know that she, she shares a lot of the same sentiments. So Mariam. Yep. No, definitely. I, I can relate on so many of those, on those things. I mean, I'm not in the law field, but I am in corporate world. So I work as a compensation analyst, like a data analyst. Um, and I handle a really big budget for a really big company. And so, you know, the stress can get there and also competing with male, um, colleagues, you know, my manager's a male, um, you know, a lot of my colleagues are male. And so having that competition and then also a lot of my like bosses, boss are a lot of females. And I can see that, you know, they're having to 
you know, show up more masculine. They're having to, you know, do things that a lot of women back in the day would never have done. Now, I, now of course, there's that level of privilege that now, alhamdulillah, we as women have where we can show up like in corporate worlds at a higher level. We didn't we didn't have that right back in the day. You know, alhamdulillah, now we have that. Um, but it obviously comes with cons as well, because we're, like you were saying, we're not built for that. Um, and I was studying this because I used to always wonder, I'm like, why do men have like, why do they have so much energy like every day? And <laughs> why am I so tired at times? Like I'll look at my brother and I'm like, he looks consistent. Like, what is, <laughs> is something wrong with me? Um, and same with my parents. Like my dad would be able to go out for work every day and my mom would be tired days. And I'm like, I'm like, what did you so, did you do something the day before that you're so tired? Because I'm like, I'm not getting this, right? Um, and as I was growing older, I was like, I understand now because men actually wake up with the same level of testosterone every single day. Their hormones are so consistent that it's, like you were saying, biologically proven that they have the same energy every day. Like nothing, like yeah, of course, they don't, if they don't sleep the best the night before, then it's a little bit, but their hormones are very consistent. Right. And ours are different every single week, right? Like we have, we're in a different phase of our cycle every week. So yeah. we are four, I was watching this video and the lady was like, you know, honestly, we are four different people. Like when you marry a woman, <laughs> you're actually marrying four versions of her. And that's actually so accurate. We're like very different people on different times of the week, uh, different times of the month, just because of our our hormones. Like we're, it's really up and down. Like like you were saying, the the week of your period, you know, you have low energy. I'm the same way. I have very low energy and um it's actually proven that you need a lot a lot of deep sleep that that week specifically because your body needs to recover because it's it's losing so much like it's losing so much blood right like right. to be honest that's what we're doing we're just shedding a lot of blood <laughs> and so let's be um, real here <laughs> exactly. we're all female here i mean that's that's what happens right and so the body is working very hard it's working overtime for for your body to function properly you know and so for us to tell ourselves that we need to be the same level of men it's it's incorrect. Like we cannot, we have to, we have to do it our own way. Now that's not to say that we can't perform at the same level. We can't get the same results as men. We can, I mean, we're, um, you know, we're smart in our own ways. We're, um, you know, talented in our own ways. Um, but again, it's, it's finding that balance. And I think like you were saying, there's no like perfect solution to balancing feminine and masculine energy. I think what I have found is that I I need I I show a lot of masculine energy when I'm by myself. So I have trained myself that I'm like, okay, if I am if I never get married or if I never, you know, have a man that protects me or whatever, the whole concept of of, of marriage, right? Or if like having a father, maybe if like you lose your father, you just lose the male figures. I'm like, I have built myself to the point that if I never have a man in my life, I will function properly. Like I will be able to make the income that I want. I will be able to provide for myself. Um, I will be able to provide for, you know, if there are people that are under my protection, like, let's say uh, we were talking about this earlier, there are women who, you know, they get married and then their husband passes away and they have kids or they get married and they get divorced and they also have kids. And it's like, I, the balance that I have found is that taking care of your, like showing enough, like having enough masculine energy where you can take care of yourself when you're by yourself. But then when you do have people that you can fall back on, that's when you have to showcase feminine energy. So it's like, if you are married, then it's like finding that balance of not doing everything on your own. Don't go for your own oil changes. Like don't do your own inspections. <laughs> don't do like, don't go fill up your own gas. It's like, a man's don't... job. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, there, there are some things that honestly, like I was raised to believe that everything was my job. Like that's how my mom raised me. She was like, 
Beta, like, don't depend on a man. Like, do everything on your own. Like, be able to function alone, have your own career, make your own income, do everything, be able to take care of a house, be able to do everything, right? Um, and then when you have a man, like, you know, that's good as well. But but I was like, I struggled with ever understanding what that, like, how do you, how do you let go of certain things? I'm like, I know how to do everything on my own. I don't need a man. But there's also like we were talking about, but we can't function like that, right? Like we also have to be able to let go and show that feminine energy because if you do everything the masculine way, then you burn yourself out. Like when do you take care of yourself? When do you like look at, you know, your like your outfits, like the way you present yourself, like it matters. Honestly, like for the longest time, I didn't think it mattered. I was like, oh, you know, I could just, you know, wear abaya in function. Like it's okay. Like I don't have to dress up, but it's true. Like as women, we have this, tendency to want to show up like we we want to care about our bodies we want to care about our physical appearance like it's it's not a bad thing and I used to think it was a bad thing to care so much about how I look but no as women we're we're actually subhanAllah Allah subhanahu ta'ala has created us to care about that to care about our physical appearance that's why women are known for their beauty right like that's why we're one of the reasons we wear hijab is to cover our beauty because that's what we're known for and so a lot of it I've I've understood now that it's it's a balance of being able to survive in the world alone, but also if you don't have to do it alone, don't do it alone. Like really try to let go and really like have people help you, whether that be men or even honestly, like even sisters, like help, ha- ask help from like even your, you know, female sisterhood. Like even on the trip, there were times that, you know, we were asking each other to help each other with like bags, even though I'm pretty sure all of us could have lifted our own bags. But, you know, there were times <laughs> we were asking each other, like, can you help us? Can you help me with this? Can you help with that? Um, and it's just, it's, I think it's a really good thing. And I think asking for help is not, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for, for reflecting on that, Mariam. And it's just beautiful to hear about this issue from two different perspectives, you know, and, and yeah, the corporate world, it is not easy. And and no matter what world you're in, even like, you know, female doctors, female nurses, like there's just so many careers where people feel like they need to like be masculine all the time. And and that's not healthy for you. So I definitely completely agree. And it's funny that you said that your mom like taught you to be that way, because my dad also very much uh, gave me the same type of like narrative when I was a kid he was like you know back in in uh, earlier generations the women in our family got married very early they had no career and then when their husband was you know like abusive or like you know passed away at a young age they had nowhere to go they had no no money no source of income nowhere to live and and they didn't have anything to fall back on and then if they have kids like those kids are depending on them too so he very much told me growing up as a child he was like you need to have a fallback plan you need to have something to fall back on a career a source of income you need to have a college degree so that you know how to navigate this world it doesn't mean you have to be navigating this world all the time it just means that you know if you are um you know you have a relationship and that relationship falls apart or or your you know your husband passes away even in the prophet muhammad sallallahu time they were at war a lot and a lot of the husbands got martyred right and you know you don't mm-hmm. want to those women were, were sometimes in a good situation sometimes in a bad situation when that happened you know so you want to be prepared and and i do want to mention also that don't be afraid to fall back on the men in your family as well like your own family like your brother your uncles and your father sometimes they don't always like you know express their support for you but if they are in your life and you have a good relationship with them do not be afraid to ask them for help my father and my brothers and my even my uncles you know have never said no like if I've needed something you know they are always receptive 
to helping me out when I need something or if I'm not feeling well. You know, even in college, like I would always, um, I lived close to my one of my uncles and, and he was always so receptive to having me over for the weekend if I really missed my family. You know, just those little things. Don't be afraid to, if you don't have a, you know, a husband, that doesn't mean he needs, he's not the only like source of male um, energy in your life. Like, don't be afraid to fall back on these other male figures um, in your life um, because they are also a source of support. And like, I love that you said, like, don't be afraid to ask for help because again, I think that's, you know, a sign, it's like a sign of weakness in some careers and in some, you know, just in life, actually, not even in career, like asking for help is seen as weakness, but I actually think it's strength. Like, I think that asking when you're struggling with something, ask for help. And and we have so many people struggling with mental health and like anxiety, suicidal thoughts, etc. And the situation gets worse when they don't ask for help, you know? So yeah, I think mashallah, we we've covered a lot today. And, and I'm just like, so excited to share this episode with the world. And I hope that you can also have this goal of embracing your feminine energy in 2024, just like how we are, because it's really important. And you might have different specific goals than me and Mariam. We, you know, have different, you know, life circumstances. You have different life circumstances, but having this goal and making little tiny changes in your life um, will really help you in the long run. Even for me, like I'll even share this, like I, for 2024, I decided that every month I'm going to have a new goal in terms of like my own, like, outfits and like how I look cosmetically like every month I have a new goal um and this month's goal was to um wear earrings consistently because I didn't I don't want my piercing to close and I wear hijab so no one sees my earrings but it's important for me to feel feminine and like I want to wear earrings all the time and alhamdulillah it's the last day of the month that we're recording this I did manage to wear earrings the whole month (laughs) and (laughs) thank you for cheering me on for such a small thing but like it's just the little things sometimes and like I feel really good wearing them like you know and and now I'm gonna wear them for the rest of the year inshallah like so I think just adding these little things to your life whatever they are whatever you feel like you need is really really important and to look out for that sisterhood and and look like she just cheered me on for something so small you need that sisterhood in your life to cheer you on to hold you when you're down to hold you when you're crying but also to like push you to your very best so yeah this was a really really wholesome episode mariam thank you so so much for coming on and and do you have anything else to add before we uh before we go um let me think i mean i guess i i I really love your idea of having goals like that throughout the year i think i'm going to start to incorporate that um because being intentional about goals is so so important i think um, a lot of my goals are centered around um, resilience and productivity. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, maybe maybe I should build some goals around self-care and, you know, like even like the earrings thing like that is something so small, but it's something so like empowering for us. Like we feel good about it. You know, it's like not dressing up for people to see, but it's more so just to feel good about ourselves. And so I think that's beautiful. And um, I think everyone listening should definitely take that into (laughs) account. And inshallah, I'm going to also start to have goals centered around self-care throughout the year, inshallah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and thank you for being on this episode. It was so lovely, like speaking to you again after after the trip. And I really do hope that we all get to see each other in person, the whole uh, girl squad, inshallah, uh, later this year. Um, thank you so much to everyone that's listening. Um, I hope that you benefited from this episode. Make sure to, you know, follow us on Instagram and also follow Mariam's podcast on Instagram. And she also has a YouTube, which I will put in the uh, episode description. So feel free to check her out. Her episodes are all about like, um, resilience and, um, they're just really amazing and inspiring, um, um, episodes to listen to. So I would definitely recommend and, um, inshallah, we will see you all next time. Assalamualaikum.
Assalamualaikum. Thank you for listening to another episode of Muslima Podcast. To stay updated, make sure to follow us on Instagram at muslima.podcast. And if you enjoy listening, make sure to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much and see you next week.